PC Perspective videos and podcasts are sponsored by Be Quiet and the all-new PureBase 500DX case. Featuring three PureWings 240mm fans, ARGB lighting, and USB 3.1 Gen 2 Type-C connectivity, the PureBase 500DX is optimized for maximum airflow with a sleek yet elegant design. Available now in black and white. Hey everyone, welcome to the PC Perspective Podcast. This is episode 588, being recorded Wednesday, May 27th, 2020. I'm Jim Tannis. I'm Jeremy Hellstrom. I'm Josh Walrath. And I'm Brett Mossberg. I'm wearing my Walt Mossberg mask tonight, <laughs> Jim. I don't know if you noticed that. Oh, get ready for some hot takes. Well, if anything goes wrong out of my mouth or I say something that may be a little bit controversial, I'm just going to blame it on the Walt Mossberg mask. That that's fine by me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, All right. No, no. worries. Uh, Sebastian just couldn't make it tonight. He'll be back next week. Uh, so check in then. And we, he also had a, a new review up at the site this week on some HyperX uh, keycaps. So check that out. And I'm sure he'll talk about that when he's back next week. And also just a word of warning. Um, the, uh, I'm despite appearances, I'm not actually in Jordan's uh, basement. I'm in an attic. The air conditioner doesn't work. It was 85 degrees today, and that makes it, when I checked the thermometer a couple minutes ago, it's about 94, 95 degrees inside right now. Um, I can't run the fan blowing on me because it would really mess up the audio. So I'm actually quite legitimately uh, wind, like, toasty, Izzy and, and a little lightheaded. So we're going to try to get through this. If I pass out, the other guys will just carry on. So I apologize if I'm all red and sweaty and lose my train of thought here, but uh, we're glad you could join us. We record these shows live uh, most weeks, either Wednesday or Thursday, and you can watch the show live at pcpro.com slash live. Join in the chat there. You can also check out the Discord. We've got a uh, Discord community. There's a link, to, an invite link to that Discord uh, in all of our podcast show notes at pcpro.com slash podcasts. And uh, see, I'm already losing my train of thought. Uh, and, and oh yeah, and then if you'd like to support us and uh, support what we do here, uh, you can head over to patreon.com slash pcper. And uh, if you become a new patron or increase your pledge, uh, you can either, we'll either read your name or you can send a message to read. And we've got a few of those that came in this week. Uh, first of all, big thanks to uh, a, a patron, new patrons, Bill McMullen, uh, Jorge Castro, and uh, Jeff Fouchard. And Jeff also sent a message. Uh, he said, where is PC per retro? We've talked about it a few times. I made an intro for it one boring weekend afternoon. But yeah, we haven't really done anything with that uh, yet. But I know Sebastian, all he's got a ton of retro stuff. I know Josh and Jeremy and Brett are all into that. So we, uh, we'll try to get something going there at some point soon, uh, some fun retro stuff. Uh, but uh, until then, uh, you can just hang out with all of us uh, old sweaty guys right here at PCPro.com slash live. All right. Um, before we get into the news, I know it's a Wednesday and Josh always has a burger on a Wednesday. So Josh... Uh, mm -hmm. What'd you have today? It was the uh the pastrami burger. So it's uh two quarter pound patties covered with pastrami, um, Swiss cheese and uh horseradish mustard on 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 the bun. It's good stuff. It's a lot of meat. Yeah, that wow. And, yeah. and where'd you have that? It's called Born in a Barn. You've had that you've eaten there a lot, haven't you? I've oh, yeah, yeah. that every once or twice. <laughs> 
Yeah. So it's a no must. Fancy fries, though. I'm on I'm on first name basis with everybody, so Oh nice. But no fancy fries considering how big that burger was? No, I had a salad. Yeah. Well, you don't want to fill up. Responsible. No. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so let's get into the news uh, this week. We've got uh, a couple stories to start off with. So let's say you're AMD and you're doing pretty well. You've released a couple generations of some really high-performing, good-value processors. Your your biggest rival, Intel, is kind of stuck on a, a process node and they can't seem to get off of. And then Intel comes out and releases their latest processors, which surprisingly uh, do perform pretty well thermally. They're able to hit some really high frequencies. And uh, despite being an, yet another iteration of the same old, same old, they've done it about as well as you can expect. So what do you do if your AMD and your next processors aren't scheduled till the fall? Well, how about a refresh? A Matisse refresh is the rumor. Now, these are all rumors, but uh, some pretty reliable sources have come out talking about this. The The rumor is that we're going to see uh, an, an updated XT version. So that can get confusing when you have the, the graphic side of things as well with the XT. But an updated uh, edition of three of their uh, probably best-selling or you know best-marketed processors, the 3600, uh, 3800, and 3900. So... What we'd see going forward is you have your Ryzen 9 3900 and you'd go to a Ryzen 9 3900X and you'd go to a Ryzen 9 3900XT. Now, across the board, uh, with all three of these uh, new rumored processors, you're getting base and boost frequency improvements. They all maintain the same core core and thread counts as their their counterparts, I guess you'd call it. But in the case of the uh, Ryzen 9 uh, 3900XT, you'd take the boot. The base frequency goes from 3.8 to 4.1, and the boost goes from 4.6 to 4.8. Let's see. Actually, let me, uh, I think I can show this. Here we go. I brought it in our, our show notes for everybody. So here's the chart we're looking at. So you're looking at uh, on the 3800 XT, it goes from a 3.9 base to a 4.2 and a 4.5 to a 4.7 boost. And for the 3600 series, you go from a 3.8 to a 4 base at a 4.4 to a 4.7. So we don't know pricing yet. We know that these have all had uh, some pretty good sales and price drops, uh, the, the the plain old X series, that is, uh, since they were released. Uh, but uh, I don't know. What do you guys think about this uh, likely uh, strategy from AMD? Kind of makes me question that uh, they're going to have anything ready or new in the fall. I mean, why Ooh. refresh them right now when they'd be – kind of on the shelves for about three to four months. So kind of wonder if, uh, you know, we won't see Zen 3 until holiday season anyway. Yeah, the last rumor I heard about a release window for Zen 3 was end of September. Uh, so if that's looking like it get, get pushed back, that would be one reason. Another uh, interesting uh, interpretation of this that I saw was that we know AMD has promised uh, a not insignificant improvement in IPC for Zen 3. The presence of these processors uh, and the, the early benchmarks, again, this is all leaked stuff, so it's hard to, to know if these are accurate. They're, they're looking impressive if they're true. Wouldn't that indicate that AMD is even more confident in the increase for Zen 3 because they don't want to cannibalize future Zen 3 sales by putting these out into the market? But if Zen 3 is going to be even better, even more of a leap over what these offer, that would give a reason for these to exist in the, in this middle part of the year here uh, until they're ready. 
Well, I was just going to say, I mean, the, the pricing is already fairly tight. So if you're going to add in uh, the next generation, and so these are going to be the benchmark prices that they have to be higher than. And so the, we already know that that uh, 3900X, you know, you, you thankfully right now you can find it for under 450, but it should be, you know, more or less 500 bucks. So you, the 3900XT is going to be more than that, which means that anything you're thinking about releasing, be it end of September or December, which oh, I agree with Josh seems more likely, you, you've, you've set the lowest price you can possibly charge. Intel's already dropping their prices, and this could... uh sort of choke out a lot of your possible consumers just because they can't really afford it. Hey, uh, from a base and boost uh, perspective, I just want to say that if you can ever call like rumors out there to be, you know, more or less relevant, it just depends. But uh, there are some other rumors out there that are saying base is likely to remain the same. So your chart may be uh, a little bit enthusiastic and that boost is going to be roughly plus 100. Because there are some, perhaps, you know, rumored uh, 3D, uh, 3D Mark benchmarks out there that are showing not a whole lot of increase and other benchmarks that are showing a little bit more. So it's kind of all over the map. It's a little bit tough to call. So we more really have to just kind of pontificate on what's the reasoning behind this. Jim, I think yours is probably closer, you know, regarding uh, getting it out there to make make a reason to uh, not uh, obsolete your existing parts, you know, and and stick it to Intel a little bit more. They're going to be a lot closer to the, to especially the 10900, not necessarily the K1, but a lot closer to the 10900 in performance. So grain of salt with the boost and base. Yeah, that, that is true. I, I think, I, I think I pulled these off of uh, Tom Appiesack's tweet uh, is where I sourced these uh, numbers from. But, but yeah, as Brett said, that none of this is for sure yet. So that could have, it, it could not be as, as high as, as what we're showing here. Uh, what do you guys think about the XT name, though? Isn't that a little weird? Great graphics card. Be great, great graphics yeah. cards. That's just what I was going to say. <laughs> yeah. Uh, one kind of last thing about, uh, uh, you know, comparing about Zen 3 as well is that uh, it um, it kind of shows that AMD has improved kind of their design methodology, and uh, the 7 nanometer probably has, has gotten some some tweaks as well from both uh, AMD and TSMC that we have seen a pretty significant jump in, in these usable clock speeds. And so um, it bodes well for, for Zen three that uh, at least it could hit possibly the same, uh, you know, type clock speeds and you're looking at 15 to 20% increase in IPC. And so that's uh, you know, when you put all those things together, it's, it's going to, it's going to be very competitive in the marketplace. Let's let's say, especially if you care compare a thirty nine hundred X to the ten ninety from Intel. You know those two are, mm-hmm. are very much neck and neck, and and now you've got a next generation part that's due out in the next, I would say, six months. And yeah, it's 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 looking good for for AMD and uh, their prospects over this next year. And of course, yeah, it helps them reset their price floor. Oh, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, this opens up the room for the return of Intel Extreme Edition, right? Mm. Intel can counter oh, yeah. with a right. new Extreme Edition's uh, processor. Sure. I don't know. They're kind of flogging their current <laughs> chips. That's true. There isn't much much room left. How <laughs> much more can they squeeze and, out of that? <laughs> yeah, I think that, uh, what, the die size of the <clears throat> 10900 is something like 206 millimeter square, which for Intel is huge. 
for a consumer because they're usually in between 110, 130 at the max. And now they've had to, you know, keep keep jacking that up because uh, they're adding transistors. They're they're going to the plus plus plus, and that adds space. I mean, they're they're not as dense a process because they they have to they have to adjust things to get you know better power consumption and 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 clock speeds out of these, and so it inflates the die size as well. And so having a two hundred six millimeter square. Unit is it's it's something that Intel hasn't done in a long time in the consumer space, and they've their their hand really has been been forced by by AMD. I just saw pictures of this actually because who else but DeBauer actually uh, delitted them, and mm-hmm. uh, between eighty seven and ten nine, I think the increase in die size was like twenty percent. If they they didn't make it any wider, you know, physically, but it's it's longer underneath the uh, uh, the heat the heat spreader. All right. Uh, any other thoughts on this topic? It's all fake news. It's it's great uh, <laughs> that we have competition for a change. Yep. I like refreshes. We haven't had like CPU refreshes like this where, you know, it's it's kind of a generational thing. Like, uh, you know, the Ryzen 2000 series didn't have any kind of, you know, mid-life refresh. I mean, it kind of was a refresh all of the, of the, um, uh, of the seven, you know, the, the 1000 series of Ryzen. But uh, yeah, I guess the closest thing we can come with with a refresh was the uh, the the sixteen hundred AF, and you know that was kind of a you know a bare uh, you know not in a box processor type one off thing, and and uh, yeah, where am I going with this? I don't know, but uh, yeah, it's it's fun to have a refresh that after a year, and uh, the thirty six hundred XT looks. Uh, that looks pretty pretty sharp. Yeah, yeah price well, performance and gaming should be really good with that one. Yeah, yeah. Again, assuming that these numbers are are what we will end up seeing. Uh, no, no word on timetable yet, or or when AMD might officially reveal any of this stuff. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, as Josh was saying, I, I didn't when Zen two launched and they were having those problems hitting those base or those boost frequencies. Remember and. The controversy there and the, the aggressive uh, power settings and, uh, and even Intel trying to capitalize on that by falsely saying, oh, your, your Ryzen processor is going to burn out. You better be careful. Uh, I didn't think there'd be much headroom to do something like this. But as Josh said, improving that that uh, manufacturing process and and refining this architecture allowed them to have this this opportunity. Again, if, if this is what we end up seeing, who knows? Um, okay, well... Uh, Let's switch away from the uh, x86 side of things and let's talk about ARM. Josh, uh, you uh, ha- uh, covered the uh, the ARM Tech. Was it ARM Tech Day? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and- usually they hold these in either Austin or somewhere in England, uh, depending on. But it's always a spring, late spring type um, event where they show off their latest generation of stuff, and uh, usually they they they've. They've now got a cadence in both. Well, not only both, but you know, in, in all three of their major products: uh, the the CPUs, the Cortex, the GPUs, the Molly, and now the the. Uh, gosh, I can't remember the the machine learning. Uh, it's the N series, NEO, something like that. Anyway, um, so they've released all three uh, of those things, and I was able to cover uh, the two CPUs. Uh, so the A78 uh, looks like it's probably going to be the last kind of generation of this particular design. 
the A76 was introduced. A77 was built off that, and the A78 is kind of the the final optimization of of this architecture. Um, they've done a tremendous amount in there. To I mean, they, they went through the whole thing with a fine tooth comb. They really took a look at all the units. They looked at the structures. They kind of did a, um, a comparison of, of, of you know re- return on ROI of what provides the most performance at reasonable power consumption levels and die space sizing. Uh, and they they chuck things that uh, you know weren't uh, kind of hitting that and, and increase the things that that had a had a better uh, result in their calculations and their simulations. And they've done quite a few things here. So the A78, uh, it has the option to go with only 32K of L1 cache. Now, the other ones previously all had 64, and there's an option that you can use 64, but they've been able to do enough on the front end, the cores, um, the memory con- uh, uh, memory controllers, cache controllers, all of that, so that they could have the L1 cache, which saves a lot of die space, it saves a lot of power, but still not only retain the same performance but actually improve upon it uh so as you see as iso comparison that would be no difference in the process technology used this is just the base kind of performance and power consumption and you can see that you know it's a smaller die size uh it's it's lower power consumption but they were still able to increase by you know performance by seven percent in a in a variety of, of tasks that they kind of all you know mix and match together to get that seven percent. Uh, when you start talking about process nodes, uh, these will be coming out in five nanometer, as compared to the A seventy seven, which is kind of the top of the line uh, seven nanometer part right now. Um, they're looking at at twenty to twenty three percent increase in overall performance. And when you start, uh, then you know, like if you clock an A78 at five nanometer at the same speed as an A77 at seven nanometer, you're going to get essentially the same performance, a little bit better, uh, but but you're going to have 50 percent uh, power consumption. I mean, it's just it's just nuts how they've been able to squeeze as much performance out of this architecture as they have, and I believe this is the the Austin Design Center. Uh, did all this i mean it's 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 really hard to kind of go through everything that they've done uh like they they had another integer mole uh unit um support uh it's still like a four wide structure um but but micro ops or macro ops or mops whatever you want to call it uh they've increased that um ability so those are all pre-decoded instructions that are sent directly to the core for execution and uh, again, the caches have, I mean, they, they, tremendous amount of work in there to improve efficiency. And I mean, the one thing that, that constantly was mentioned was, you know, memory access and, and cache access, that those are two areas where they could increase performance a lot, but they also look to decrease how much they're actually kind of used, especially main memory, because that's not only does it Reduce a lot of latency, but uh, it takes more power to to do that. And so they've done all kinds of stuff at the front end. Uh, branch prediction is is much better. Yeah, it's just efficiency improvements everywhere, and optimizing the structures that would give the the best return on investment, and getting rid of the stuff that 
just didn't cut it. And so again, this is probably the last generation from this Austin design group. It's going to go back to Sophia, uh, the French design group, and they'll have a brand new architecture that they'll be introducing to us. Who knows what they're going to call it? Probably a eight eighty something. But anyway, um, they announced another program, uh, which is the Cortex X uh, custom design, which basically they work with a partner very early on and they really kind of just supercharge this latest generation of the Cortex. So it's, it's essentially they, they took the a 78 and they made it bigger. Uh, it, it probably concern consumes 30% more power, but it's, it's much, much larger. Uh, it has like five uh, decode instructions per cycle and eight mops. Uh, they've got, Four by 128 bit SIMD uh, floating point units. Um, they've doubled the the uh, cache sizes. They've doubled the bandwidth available to going to cache. Um, there was nothing that essentially that was not touched by these 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 Cortex guys, and they're working with partners, and they have people who will be introducing the the Cortex X1. Um, it, which is a, a high-performance ARM processor that uh, won't be in a phone, probably. It's going to be in, you know, kind of laptop replacement. And uh, the performance looks to be pretty impressive. I mean, it, it does consume more power, but the performance is going to be up there. And, yeah, I can look at the uh, the slide that Jim's on. And, I mean, they've pretty much doubled damn near everything. Uh, so it's it's a really interesting program. I think we're going to see that expand in the future because people like Apple have their own design group and they put out ARM-based architectures that really lead the industry in terms of uh, power and performance, and and they do that by themselves. Now, uh, other people can't afford to uh, hire all these CPU engineers, and so they have to work with ARM to be able to bring a higher performance version of these parts out. So uh, I'll be talking about the G78 and the uh, the machine learning portion probably next week. I'm working on the rest of that uh, article and write-up and uh, hope to have that soon. So, yeah, ARM is staying uh, really consistent with their product releases. They're staying aggressive. You know, they've, they've kind of got a monopoly, I mean, if you think about it, in, in the cell phone uh, world, uh, but they don't act like it. I mean, they, they kind of act like the underdog. I mean, they're still gunning after Intel and AMD and anybody else. I mean, they're, they're frenemies with Apple and Qualcomm. Uh, it's, it's kind of odd that they, they, they see them not only as partners, but, but also a little bit, uh, as rivals. Uh, but yeah, I thought that was strange too. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, you know, they're, they're, they're frenemies that is still paying arm a lot of money for these architectural licenses. Uh, so it's, it's, it's kind of win, win, win for, for arm. Uh, but again, you know, they're, they're staying aggressive with the CPU. They're staying really aggressive with the GPUs. GPUs, 50% of all cell phones shipped had Molly in them, and 85% of all smart TVs were based on Molly. So that's, that is, uh, what, 1 billion plus chips, uh, shipped with that technology a year, and it's only growing. So. Uh, it's going to be very, very interesting to see ARM as they keep going on and keep showing this cadence and, and being able to leverage not only advanced process nodes, but also 
uh, really taking design uh, up to the next level. I mean, they're 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 licensing uh, these designs out, and I mean, these guys get the RTLs and whatnot, and they still got to do a lot of work themselves to get it all running and, and choose the process that they're doing. But at the basic design level that Arm's doing, I mean, it's it's impressive uh, what they have achieved, and and essentially they're looking at IPC and kind of the Intel i5 range with with uh, these uh, these latest products. Yeah, in case people don't know, I mean, this is how the Snapdragon is assembled with a cluster of these of these cores, previous generation stuff, anyways. And I can easily see high power, low power cores assembled with X1, you know, uh, seventy eight series type CPUs to build the thing everybody thinks Apple's going to build next. Uh, maybe it won't all be Apple derived. Maybe this X1 part is actually better than whatever it is they're doing. I'm sorry, I, I, that was my Mossberg mask talking. I forget what I said. Well, I mean, the, the 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 market of the ARM-powered laptops that would have traditionally been x86-powered, that's the huge growth, or the, the, the future-looking growth segment is there. And the thing holding it back thus far has been performance. Uh, because when you're, especially if you're non-native, if you have to do any type of emulation, it just hasn't been good. Uh, so seeing the continued improvement there and seeing uh, ARM open up to the custom uh you know, addressing custom needs for, for higher performance systems like that is, you know, they're, as Josh said, they're, they're arm every year. They're, they're, it's, they're well run and they've got a good plan and they seem to ex- mm-hmm. execute on it uh, pretty consistently. But, uh, okay. Anything else on arm, uh, this week, at least not anything that hits my head. Okay. All right. We're going to take a quick break. Then we're going to hear from our sponsor. Uh, we'll be right back. Our sponsor this week is ExpressVPN. Regular listeners know that we've talked about ExpressVPN before, and you know that it's the VPN service that I've personally used and trusted for over three years. And when I first looked into ExpressVPN, my primary need was protection while traveling, so that I knew I would always have a fast, reliable, secure connection no matter where I was. But most of us probably aren't traveling much these days, and we're working from home. And ExpressVPN is still a great tool to have there as well. Whether you're a freelancer in charge of your own online security or you're working at home away from the resources of your company's IT department, ExpressVPN ensures that your online activity will be safe and secure. You don't need a corporate network or expensive networking gear to have a fast, encrypted connection, even at home. Just get ExpressVPN, one of the easiest ways to secure your internet data on all of your devices. So don't wait, don't take the risk. Check out the VPN service that I personally use and trust, and by using our link, get an extra three months of service for free. Just head to expressvpn.com slash PCPer. Again, that's expressvpn.com slash PCPer for an extra three months free. Thanks to ExpressVPN for their support of the PC Perspective podcast. Okay, we're back. Um, Let's uh, continue on with the show here. So here's a neat story. Uh, uh, Sebastian wrote this up for us. NVIDIA sent out a press release on it earlier, but... uh, it's another really cool use of AI. And in this case, uh, NVIDIA took their, uh, what they call the GameGon or GameGAN, and that stands for GAN being Generative Ad- Adversarial Network. And they took their AI and they basically showed it a bunch of Pac-Man, 50,000 sessions of Pac-Man, the classic uh, you know, Pac-Man game. And then it was able to build its own version of the game, following the rules and the layout and the graphics, but without a game engine. You know, so they didn't they didn't build a, a clone of Pac-Man. They didn't, you know, program the, the engine. 
they showed this AI, here's a bunch of this gameplay, now recreate it for us. And they it worked. And there's a the short clip here you can see. It's not perfect, obviously, but it's it's the the layout of a classic game. It's it's working the way you'd expect it to work, where eating the fruit uh makes the, the ghosts vulnerable and then the Pac-Man can eat them. And they did this all again without programming anything. And so the the implication there is for developers going forward, you can take uh, without having to manually program everything, you can have it help you create levels or frameworks and just other ideas that can go into game development or any type of other uh, engine based environment you'd be creating. But I don't know. What do you what do you guys think about this? Ultimate screen scraping. (laughs) Yeah, in a way. It kind of is. But it's, it's, it's pretty screens, cool. It's kind screens. of scary. Uh, this is probably the, of all of the terrifying implications <laughs> of AI that we've seen, this is probably, uh, you know, not, not anywhere near the worst I've seen. A little bit towards the benign end. No one's going to launch the nuclear codes with, uh, with Pac-Man is what you're saying. Let it into well, your life. Well, it's, you know, it's not. How about uh, a nice game at Tic-Tac-Toe? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. Um, Shall we play a game? That's pretty. That's pretty impressive. Oh, yeah. I'm sure most. I'm sure a lot of people know know that reference. But, yeah. but yeah. So uh, you can check out. Nvidia's got a, a web page set up for the press release on this, and they go through, uh, you know, the more technical side of of how it accomplished it. Uh, but another interesting use case for this that doesn't involve deep fakes and, uh, you know, terrible dystopian futures. Right. Powered by powered by RTX. <laughs> All right. Uh, next up, we'll we'll talk briefly about AMD here. Uh, they just had their Ryzen four thousand mobile launch a few months ago, and uh, this is again this is Zen two mobile because they're out of sync with the desktop. So Ryzen four thousand for mobile is still Zen two, uh, and it was a, a pretty successful launch. Everything we saw looked really good. Performance efficiency, everything was was great, but the AMD still has the problem where they're just not in that many notebooks. It's hard to find an AMD-based notebook compared to Intel. And one of the companies that's been pretty bad about offering AMD support has been Dell. And, and uh, thankfully, as Jeremy found for us here, uh, they're they're changing that this generation. So they've come out with a pretty interesting all-AMD-powered gaming laptop. Uh, tell us about this, Jeremy. It's, it's looking pretty nice. I wish they'd sent better pictures of it because, uh, it, it's kind of hard to show off. I uh, just, how sexy it looks. It's got the, uh, the blowers in the back. So the, the idea is that what they've done is they're pairing one of their, uh, H series. So generally that will translate to, you can pick a, a Ryzen 5 4600H or a Ryzen 9 4900H. And they've paired that with an RX 5600M. The fun thing is that with AMD SmartShift, because they built all of the silicon, they're able to dynamically pass power back and forth between them so that as soon as, uh, you know, your, your GPU is, needs more boost because whatever you're doing isn't really CPU bound, it will happily take some power away from the CPU to provide a little bit of extra boost to the GPU and vice versa, as well as saving battery life when you're not using either of them. It's very happy to put them into lower power states and then immediately come back without having to worry about, you know, two different companies, architectures trying to translate uh, and talk to each other as we've, we've seen on many other laptops. 
what's really nice is that uh, usually when this has happened in the past, they will offer a single AMD powered model. That's it. This one, you've got some serious choices. So at launch, uh, the, and they'll all be 1080p displays, but at launch, you'll be able to pick up a, a normal 60 hertz display or 144 hertz uh, FreeSync display. So if you feel like getting a little bit better performance and using and actually gaming on the machine itself, it it's going to be, you're going to be able to do that. And it's going to be really nice. Wait a couple of months and you should see an additional 120 hertz model coming out. So they're planning on, you know, continual releases. It means that you're now going to be able to look at Dell as a source for AMD, uh, not just as a consumer, which, you know, what consumer wouldn't want this, but as a business to say, yeah, we need an order of, you know, a thousand laptops over the course of the year. Well, would you like to try AMD on some of them? And now it's going to be a, an actual possible choice for you, which it, which is, you know, really, really freaking nice to see. When we'll see how well the, the smart shift, like their benchmarks did show some really nice stuff. Uh, they, they played around with three games, which are Battlefield 5 and Division 2 which obviously were chosen because they were, they were good demonstrations of, uh, of the smart shift. But on average, you were seeing about a 14% boost over similar hardware, but not paired with smart shift turned on. If, if what we're going to get is what it looks like. So 4.4 gigahertz processor, 144 hertz free sync display and the RX 5600M, that is one real kick-ass G5 15SE. I'm looking forward to seeing this thing. All right. So uh, let's uh, let's continue on here. I, I apologize if it feels like we're going really quick, but uh, it is so hot in here. I pulled this Diet Snapple out of the fridge before we started, and it is now hot. It is like well above what you would consider room temperature, and I can't. I can't last much longer here. So, Jim, that's a gas-fired hot water heater you're you're sitting in front of. By uh, the way. <laughs> It's because you you relieved yourself in in that bottle, and that's it's it's just room temperature now. Well, right now. Why not? You, it's cooling down. I, body temperature. You've got to go. You got to go. Mic off and full blast on the fan in between. Uh, you got to well, do that. Yeah, I, I might have to. And, and Josh, I urinate in the Fresca bottles. Fresca, not Snapple. Oh, don't oh. drink out of the Fresca bottles. Yes. In other words, exactly. Well, that's quick, sound advice. Quick tip. All right, so. Uh, Windows, the latest version of Windows is here. It's uh, officially named the Windows 10 May 2020 update. Uh, the build is 2004 or 2004, I guess, is more appropriate because it's supposed to mean the year and the, well, it, it's supposed to be the month, but they obviously missed April there. But uh, it's it's here. It's been released. Uh, Microsoft has a, uh, a blog post out on it. It's not going to be pushed uh, automatically just yet, but it's going to be available for the seekers, as they call them, meaning if you go into settings and manually try to check for an update, uh, as long as your system is otherwise compatible, it will deliver it to you there. Uh, so, you know, check it out. Obviously, we were, we will all rush to immediately update to the latest version. I know Sebastian uh, just dives headfirst into new Windows uh, builds without any testing but as as he did leave us before he had to uh, jump out this evening, he left us a note. Uh, of course, it's a Windows version, so there's known issues. And we'll have a link to the uh, Windows 2004 issues page uh, so you can make sure that you're, uh, it's going to work for you, this this new edition. Uh, any uh, any concerns from the uh, system, system administrators in the group here? 
we're still pushing Security. 1903, mate. Oh, really? Oh. Okay. Well, yeah. We're we're just starting to test the the in between one because it takes them this long to unfuck it enough that you can depend on it. Mm. In hey, business t- sense, today, I I I clicked on Edge, and it came up with a uh, a dialogue saying, "Do you really want to upgrade to the new Edge, the Chromium based one?" And two yeah. clicks later, I've got the brand new Edge. Well, aren't you lucky? Mm-hmm. We're going to credit. No, I mean, are we? That's the internet button for a lot of people. When they want the internet, yeah. that's the button mm-hmm. they push. Yeah, now it's changed. So the, so now mm-hmm. now Microsoft is starting to push that. And I guess it's probably yeah. good because Chromium's pretty decent. Yeah. It doesn't like certain mobile Intel i5s. Mm. You, you launch it from a, a clean install or image and you get a black screen. Try turning off hardware acceleration. Seriously. Uh, that will be part of it, but you also have to wait for it to notice that you've got this bug because you've got this specific type of processor and it will push an update, which fixes it. But it's, it's not a set amount of time. So it's like, hi, here's your brand new laptop. Don't push the internet button for a little while. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, you, you could just, you could just put Firefox on there for him. Put it in the well, we've got Chrome because Chrome doesn't care. Oh, okay. Here, this is this is this is a this is this is a funny anecdote about people and the internet button. Is that there's been a number of people who have called their their corporate support services about working from home, and suddenly they're not being able to make their laptops that they've taken from work actually function at home by they would press the internet button and nothing would happen. So they were calling their support services and going like, Hey, mm-hmm. I've got a problem. You know, why isn't this working? Come to find out the corporate Wi-Fi does not follow people to their homes. Mm-hmm. And this was something that was actually difficult to diagnose initially. But you know, a lot of people, once this was sort of socialized amongst the IT support staff, it's become a more of a top tier question for people working from home going like, yeah, what's your Wi-Fi network you're trying to connect to? Yeah, that's not going to work. Yeah. True story, I don't want to use my one at home because my kids are using press the it. Internet really button. The internet button is not working. Oh, uh, well, the nightmares of work from home. Yes. Mm. Oh, well, come on. The, the the literal breakdowns people had because the color of the E changed. Ooh. That's, I, I haven't had any it, personal it, experience there, but I'm sure that was, was a rough. light blue. It's a dark blue now, so it's not the same thing. Yeah. Well, I mean, I I think still in 2004, the original Internet Explorer is still buried in there somewhere. Oh, it's, it's still there. Yeah. So you you can just pull that out and. You know, continue have have your payroll processor continue on her merry way with her old. Yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> I, IE eleven is still bundled in there, so yeah. Yep. HR oh, is going to be using it forever because that's their back end that they have to have IE to work yep. with. So yeah, yes. thanks Dell Tech. Yeah. <laughs> and hell, getting them from nine to eleven was hard enough. I don't want to fight what? again. Whatever happened to Silverlight? Those were the days. <laughs> anyway, let's let's uh, continue on. <laughs> An- another update this time it's it's somewhat related to windows 10 but uh it's it's a new uh release of nvidia's geforce game ready drivers this is uh 446.14 is the v- uh, version number and uh some big uh as scott wrote this up for us uh, so the the big games that this is supposed to support are uh valorant which is the new uh free-to-play first-person shooter from riot games 
uh, Riot, of course, known for League of Legends, and this is their their first entry into the uh, FPS genre. Uh, also supporting Minecraft Dungeons, Disintegration, and Crucible. Uh, another uh, interesting fix in this driver is that it's finally addressing the support, or allegedly addressing, I haven't just tested this yet, but there's been a long-standing issue with uh, multi-displays that aren't at the same uh, frequency. So if you've got like your primary gaming monitor that's 144 hertz, and then you've got one or two uh, side monitors that are older that are just 60, if they're mismatched like that, it can cause issues with stuttering, uh, frequency of your graphics card, uh, things like that. And this is supposed to have fixed that. Uh, it also, um, uh, people in the chat are sending me links to Silverlight. So <laughs> well, quick, quick, download it. Right. Um, it also has some fixes for SLI. So if you're still hanging out uh, with an SLI setup, there's some improvements there. And this is also, of course, the first update certified for Windows 2004, Windows 10 version 2004. So uh, that's the, the connection there to Windows. So run out and grab the new NVIDIA drivers. Make sure you're up to date. And uh, especially if you're playing one of those new games that it's uh, optimized for. Hey, on the micro thing. I want to find thing. a PAL monitor and see if it can deal with it. Uh-huh. One NTSC, one PAL. Come on, do it. Yeah. <laughs> on, uh, on the micro stutter thing, I've actually noticed that running uh, your like uh, multi sync application, uh, like if you have a, like a 6075 on one and like a multi sync running on the other, if you run the one requiring multi sync in windowed mode, I'm noticing that that reduces the stutter quite a bit oh, rather okay. than full screen. Huh. Yeah. Try it. It might be app dependent. I've just noticed that it, okay. it actually can help the multi the micro stuttering. Well, hopefully that this new driver just fixes it entirely. Yep, then we that would be better. And just move on. <laughs> okay, so here's a fun story Jeremy found for us. Uh, there was some storytelling over. I think it started on a Reddit thread, and then the register picked it up, and, uh, and then Jeremy found it for us. But uh, it's some computer, well, Windows programmer history here uh, from a very important developer, a former developer from Microsoft. Mm. Tell us what's the story here. So Dave Plummer is a name you have likely heard if you follow this industry at all. Uh, he's famous for, for instance, porting Space Cadet so that it could run on Windows and just about anything else it felt like, uh, hardware-wise anyways. Uh, but he sort of reminisced uh, back to when he first started, uh, back in 93-ish, uh, when he first started working on the MS-DOS programs and integration of Microsoft, this relatively small little company at the time. And he did some, you know, interesting things. He was uh, one of the people behind Double Space, which was a way of uh, making a DOS machine able to utilize more, or disk space more effectively uh, with some interesting tricks that honestly I don't remember because that was a really long time ago. Uh, you, you wouldn't think of it, but he is the reason, he integrated the whole Explorer G- GUI into zip files so that you were able to open them up and see the files within them without having to unzip them. You've already infected yourself, but that, you know, that's not the point. point (laughs) You can see what you were trying to download. Uh, But he did something that we all love him for to this day. He invented task manager. He figured out a way to create this, this incredibly complex thing into a very easy to interface with GUI that you can kill programs with. You can, start programs with if your explorer shell is already dead uh you can if you, if you feel like playing with it you can set uh higher affinities give it to give your processes more privileges all sorts of fun things in fact it was done 
on a completely different uh, engine than Explorer was. So that even if your Explorer was completely and totally dead and all you're seeing is a black window, you could still get Task Manager up. And if Task Manager had happened to crash, Control-Shift-Escape would tell it to check to see if it was running, and if it wasn't, would spawn a new process. Again, independent. It was right down in the very base of the system, so it was wonderful until the modern age, which it's drawn the exact same way as your desktop is. So if you've lost your desktop or you've got a non-responding program, you ain't going to be able to get at your task manager. This happened after he left. He has nothing to do with that particular decision. So it, it was just, you know, a, a fun little thing. It's worth following the links to, you know, read about all of this ancient history about uh, the, the systems that you use. And, you know, running through the, the really old uh, Windows th through uh, WinNT 4.0, which was one of the bigger ones that he worked on before he started to move on to uh, other things. So it, it's really worth taking a look at if you've got any interest in the history and you don't know it, or if you just want to see how much you've forgotten over the years. All right. So that's uh, that's the story from Dave Plummer. We'll have a link to uh, his that coverage and his original Reddit post that started all this in the show notes. Any other we love, any thoughts? We love Task Mangler. Task Mangler. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> task I, I like Mangler. to run uh, Linux top, H top, and just mentally plot the graphs. That's that's what I usually do. <laughs> well, it works out well. Okay, let's uh, wrap up our last story here, and it's just an, an, a quick uh, mention for a couple of game related things. Now, this first one, uh, it's unfortunately on a, a very limited. Uh, time basis here. There, it, I think it, it expires uh, May 28th. Tomorrow. That's tomorrow as we're recording this at 11 a.m. Eastern. And that's Civ 6. It's part of uh, the Epic Game Store's uh, rotating free game giveaway. You can run over and grab it. It's normally priced at $60 uh, US. So obviously that's one to get if you don't have it and uh, are otherwise using the Epic uh, platform. So, but like I said, it's uh, unfortunately, just very limited time. So grab it. If you're watching live, grab it. Or if you're one of those first people to grab the podcast on demand tomorrow morning, head over and, and grab that before it uh, expires. And the uh, the second uh, story is that there is a summer sale going on over at GOG. Uh, Jeremy wrote this up for us. Any, uh, any, any highlights, any of the games that you saw there that are worth uh, picking up? Uh, well, on, like the, there is a fair amount of games uh, on some really good discounts. But what caught my eye were the demos they uh so the, the brand new system shock remake not the 10 cent system shock uh three maybe continuation but the the, the remake one uh desperados three which you can see up there as well uh carnage or, or i think it was called which is sort of a reverse horror game where you are the horror eating people sort of like the the shirt game that came out recently it is looks pretty from what I've seen, the combat is a little bit meh, but the uh, atmosphere is just exactly as they describe it, as you remember it was, not as it actually was. So, you know, uh, but there's, there's a bunch of, uh, Caria is the other one. Destroy All Humans is just silliness. If you haven't played it, here's a chance to, you know, get a couple hours gameplay out of it. See if you like it or not, and then buy it at, you know, steep discounts. Jeremy, there's a very serious problem with the System Shock 3 remake. It looks like a lot of the lead developers, lead program managers, and a lot of the team members have been let go, unfortunately. And it, it may never see the light of day, or if it this does, is why it's going to be a sh 
Yeah. Tencent jumped in, uh, which means yeah, it's going to be I didn't know that. all of crap. Yeah, that was oh. late last week. That's let it die at that point. Like, that's just... I can't talk about it. I can't, it's too soon. I can't. I can't talk about it. But the remake's going well. All right, so that's the uh, again the GOG summer sale. That's not uh, nearly as time sensitive as Civ uh, the Civ Six giveaway. Uh, you've got till June fifteenth to head over there and grab those. Uh, then there's the I, uh, the I missed the GTA Five free giveaway. I mean, everybody's oh. talking about it, talking about it, but I thought it was like two days after it actually stopped, and so I was like, oh, finally, nope. Epic, I'll just log in there. It's like you haven't robbed a bank you know in like a week. I, I still have never really played a GTA game because I don't like being a bad guy. Mm. Yeah, I, I like mean, you can obey the speed limit. Yeah, you just can't do that, it. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, you you don't have to be that bad. You can you can play the character. It's only partially evil, I guess. You can't you can't fulfill the quests though, or if you want to call them that. Well, I mean, I'm I'm trying to think back to GTA Five. How many missions required you to do something truly horrific, like bank robbery? Well, again, but you don't have to shoot the guy. Beat somebody up and you, you could set them on fire. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> but those are bad people. Those are bad. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, there's the Steam's. Uh, this isn't a Steam sale. It's a Steam event. They're calling it the Spring Cleaning Event. And of course, we we joke about it. Uh, it it's everyone jokes about uh, your huge backlog of games in your Steam library. Yeah. So what yeah. they're doing here is through again through through uh, tomorrow, 10 a.m. Pacific. Though I guess you got a little more time. Uh, you can log in and you go in and you'll click on th- these rooms and they'll recommend a game from your library uh, based on the theme of the room. And if you play the game, you get a token and a badge. And so it's a fun way if you're into the Steam tokens and XP stuff, uh, it's a way to uh, revisit your library, uh, play some games you may have missed that you actually already owned and uh, is, is get some some uh, some fun stuff there as well. So. Uh, check that out. And then finally, uh, we will, let's talk about Edge again. In the Chromium Edge, obviously in, in straight up Chrome, in Google Chrome, there's that fun little dinosaur game that plays when there's no internet connection. Uh, well, Microsoft wanted to get in on that as well. So they've uh, launched this game or added this game called the Surf Game. And it's sort of like Ski Free. It's like an updated Ski Free except uh, water instead of uh, a mountain. And so you can you can play around. It's got uh, you know pretty decent graphics for a tiny little browser game. Hey, I can game. be a furry. You could be a furry. You can customize your character. It's got uh, controller support, so you can hook up your Xbox. Abominable Snowman. Oh. Oh, well, no, it's a Great it's guy. that octopus thing that comes and gets you. The uh, the big octopus instead of the snowman. But uh, so that's something. If, if you're on, you have to update to the latest version of uh, the Chromium based Edge browser. And then that'll be available there if you go to edge uh, colon forward slash forward slash surf. Uh, I think how you get to that. But we'll we'll have a link to that as well in the show notes. But uh, okay, um, let's get to our picks of the week here. Uh, Let's see. Josh, you're up first. I am. You are. You know, this is amazing. You know, we really need to turn the heat up in your room more often. Uh (laughs) And and get the podcast down to one hour. This is awesome. I'm yeah. I, I'm legitimately lightheaded. I hope I'm still being coherent. And but let me let me You're skipping every my favorite soliloquy. Fine. And <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, no, I I I've been having lawnmower issues, and uh, 
I've been looking for carbureted cleaning kits and where you, you get new gaskets, new needle and needle seat and all that stuff. And they're like 12, 13 bucks. You can get a brand new carburetor for your lawnmower for $15. It's like $3 more than uh, the refurb kit. That's and so you get all of the stuff in there that you need and you just, you just slap it in there. You've got a fully, essentially brand new working lawnmower because the carburetor is the thing that usually breaks down first. Oh yeah, all the seals kind of get whacked, and you got water in the in the in the bowl, and can't get all the fuel you need to the to the engine. But otherwise, you know, replace spark plug, replace your air filter, change oil. Which I don't want to talk about me changing oil in my lawnmower that I got twenty years ago. <laughs> So it's is this the first oil change? Maybe. Yeah. It probably had it coming. Yeah, well, I mean, you just you know you just add oil, you know, cleans it all out. True. True. Yeah. Hey, does that new carb <sighs> come with the the bad running at one end of the RPM spectrum? Like it won't idle or it won't all rev all the way up. It just does it come with that, or does that kind of settle in after a period of time? I th- I think that just settles in because you know you yeah. got the you got the idle screw in there, so you're you're good. Yeah. So you can keep twisting that till it stops working. Super. Exactly. <laughs> I love that. All right. So if you need a carburetor, we got one for you. Uh, Jeremy, what's your pick? Uh, someone was screwing around with uh, an e-paper tablet. And uh, like it, it's something he's been doing for a while because he figured out how to install uh, better writable memory into it. But now that he's got the ability to write to the memory and create, you know, whatever he feels like, he installed a full desktop version of Linux on it. He's still oh. working on the documentation, so keep an eye out. Uh, but there, he's already documented how uh, he installed the uh, micro SD in it, so you can at least get started. But yeah, for those of the guys that uh, love the e ink, give it a second or give it a chance. Keep an eye on it. It's amusing. This is a uh, Ken Addison approved. Yeah, I'm sure. Okay, and then Brett, uh, let's finish up with you here. All right. Well, I've got a new metric for your rig is leet, uh, and that your gaming means everything to you. Uh, so if you're not running one of these power supplies, then eh, you know, you know, you probably don't mean it. Uh, this is a uh, power supply that has multiple power supplies in it in the in ATX form factor. So this is a this is their twin 700 watt version. A uh, hot swappable, uh, very server rackish. So I'm very familiar with this sort of thing. If you scroll down, you'll see some of the software that you can get on this. Keep going. You know, it's There's disappointing a, uh, that the the whole Zbit meme is is now not popular because Yo Dog. Yeah, I guess I heard you yeah. like power supplies. But check this out. You can monitor. This has software to monitor the whole shebang: three point three volt rail, five volt rail, twelve volt rail, overall wattage. If you give it your cost per Per watt, it'll figure out how much you're burning up in dollars as you as you GTA five your way through your latest bank. It tells you your fan RPMs. You know, it is actually fairly cool. And if you look at the next link that I sent you, uh, same price as your regular uh, 400 watt EVGA power supply, only five hundred nineteen dollars. Oh, I'm not being facetious. There there aren't any power supplies available. But there are some generous people out there who will sell you a standard Corsair or EVGA type power supply nowadays for only four or five hundred dollars or more, because they're unobtainium at the moment. I can't imagine why. Um, so yeah, it's priced right. All right. 
So yeah. Yeah, Lee played with the 500 watt version. Nice. Did a full review of it. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, that's my that's my new leap metric. You know, you're not, yeah. and you're like, eh, yeah, okay. Do you ever like an uninterruptible, hot stoppable power supply? Then mm, you don't really care about your gaming. So if you've got the budget, it's the FSP Twins power supply, and in particular the 700 watt version that uh, Brett found for us. Uh, I, I don't have a pick because um, I can't think straight, but uh, <laughs> all those other picks will be in the show notes. And uh, that wraps our show for this week. Uh, does anyone have any final thoughts? Anything they'd like to discuss? No? All right. I legitimately don't, don't feel well. Into my no. Computer, Get out of that. No. Please. No. No. I, so yeah. I, sorry that it well, Get out of that basement. Josh is happy. Uh, but for the rest of you who I know like our longer shows, apologize if this felt a little rushed, but it is still over 90 degrees in here and I am sweaty and... And dizzy and so we've got to cut this off and uh, say good night but we'll be back next week with sebastian and hopefully i'll have my air conditioner fixed by then uh so uh to everyone else out there i hope you stay cool uh be well and we'll see you next week mm-hmm.